He is as far beyond mutants as they are beyond you. Apocalypse. A world-ending, eternal, ever-present threat. You do not look like Caliban's husband. <laughs> Well, this didn't look like Stacy's movie. No, this didn't look like anybody's movie, to be frank. Uh, this is, yeah, so this this really wasn't anybody's cup of tea. Fans of the, the comics, people who, who learn the X-Men, or not of the comics, of the cartoon, people who learn the X-Men from the, the cartoon, no apocalypse as a, a a pretty badass villain who creates the four horsemen and causes lots of chaos and is very hard to defeat. Important. Creates them or steals them from the Bible? No, like he is the reason for the origin. They don't spell that out in the com the cartoon, but like he predates the Bible. Um so are they saying that he did all this in the Bible, saying it's him? Kind of, yes. Now, the comic book takes it a step further. And in that apocalypse is the background reason for just about any bad shit that doesn't happen because humans hate and fear the, the mutants uh -huh. is probably because of apocalypse. His his absolute Darwinism, his his survival of the fittest mentality. Well, you can't call this Darwinism. His is forced extreme. Darwinism. Well, no, yeah. not just forced, but also extreme. Yeah. Um, but it it is the underlying reason for so many things that happen in the comics. Okay. Well, not knowing anything about the comics, oh. I have to tell you. He came off like a whiny little bitch. Yeah. He came off less authoritative than um, Ultron. Yeah. Like, Ultron's like, I've never seen any of this before. Let me look around. Oh, hell no. Fuck them all. This guy, based on, one, what he knew in the of the ancient world, uh, which... The more I learn, the more humans haven't really changed. Just the technology around us has made us worse. But then he then he learns of the modern world through television, which we all know is not representative of reality. No. Even the news and reality TV is either an exaggeration or a cherry-picked. Yeah. Uh, so... His knowledge is nil. And it fucks with me the rest of the movie because he keeps making references to things that he shouldn't know. Yeah. And I keep wanting to call it out because I'm like, oh, yeah, he plugged into a satellite, which was a 1990 satellite in the 80s. I know this because my stepdad used to install 1980s satellites and those fucking things were the size of a car. This, it, mm. There's so much I it's, can't even. It's just the thing is, is calling this apocalypse. Like if I were to tell you how awesome apocalypse is, 
and then show you this mm-hmm. is very similar to like telling you how strong and evil Darth Vader is and then showing you Rick Moranis in Spaceballs. <laughs> or, or telling me how awesome all the fans think Darth Vader is and then showing me Star Wars. Mm. Because, I mean, let's face it, he can choke somebody from across a room. A thing which I have always envied since I first watched that in 1982. But that's it. That's about it. That's all he's got. He can't even finish a circle. Oh, it's going to be a sassy one, people. You better strap in. I'm going to try to temper myself. I was thinking it's a good thing that we have a day to... I take Saturday to not think at all whatsoever about Marvel at all so that I can calm down. Because on Friday night, I was so upset. There are so many things. And so separating by a day means I'm not going to remember all of the nitpicky things that made me crazy. So I won't complain as much as I would if we were flipping the microphone on right after watching a movie. Well, let's see how that goes. I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Nights. So this week for Marvel Movie Night, we watched 2016's X-Men colon Apocalypse. Okay, so this is a PG-13 movie from okay. 20th Century Fox. The world was ending and it was PG-13? Yes. Uh, written by Simon Krinsberg, directed by Brian Singer. And starring... That's Brian Singer, not Bobby Singer. Yes. For a second, I was like, what? Okay. There's a lot of people in this, so I'm going to zip through real quick all the names you already know. James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, um, Oscar Isaac. First thing for me to get mad at, he's the main character in Moon Knight. He is Moon Knight, and he's playing Apocalypse. First of all, he was hardly recognizable when you first see him bald. Yeah. He's a pretty guy. He's a very attractive man. Um, They made him nerdy in Moon Knight at first, so I don't think of nerdy as, like, hot until I get to know personality. Yeah. That is terrible racism. Um, uh, Rose Byrne, Evan Peters, who's from American Horror Story, and I'm always excited to see him because he's awesome. Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. I'm not as excited to see her in this. Uh, Ty Sheridan from Mud. Lucas Till. I couldn't figure out why I didn't like him immediately, but um, he's MacGyver in the reboot of MacGyver. Yeah. Grotesqueness. Um, Joan Lee is in this, just for the briefest of seconds, who happens to be Stan Lee's wife. Uh, I guess he didn't want to snuggle anybody else in the middle of the world ending, but his own wife, so it's kind of sweet. <laughs> and then I'm going to slaughter this. Um, 
because these are two letters we don't really put together in English. It's Zelchko Ivanik. He's you. He's Slovenian, and he's literally been in every single thing. He played a, a Pentagon scientist. Just like he's on there for like half a second, but he's been in everything. Um, and then Ali Sheedy, who you you did you recognize her? She's the first character we see on TV on the TV. Um, she played uh, Mr. Yang and Psych. She was oh yeah short. yeah no I I didn't recognize her until you said who she was. Yeah, she was in Short Circuit, same St. Elmo's Fire. Uh, she was the me character in the Bre- Breakfast Club. Um, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, and that's it. There was, uh, the only holy shit here was Moon Knight. Um, I'm not happy about it. So what do you estimate for a budget? Uh, I don't know. Um, it shouldn't have been, well, hmm, to say it shouldn't have been too much, except for, there were a lot of special effects. I feel like special effects bump it up a little. I'm going to say 150 because of where your eyebrows are on your forehead. Not bad. 178. Eh, it's not as close as I've been in, in the past. It made $66 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. $155 domestic and 544 worldwide. That seems like a lot for this movie. It was in theaters for 31 weeks. And it was 20, 2016? Yep. May of 2016. I don't remember this movie. We did not see this movie in theaters. Uh, well, I've, I've definitely never seen this movie. There was not yeah. a single tiny little thing that seemed familiar to me. Um, but I don't remember. This was, I think this was after we got rid of our satellite, wasn't it? No. No? No. Because since we don't have satellite anymore, I don't see movie commercials anymore. Yeah. I didn't even realize that uh, Scream was out in theaters. So. <laughs> uh, it spent one week at the top. The first week it was out, it unseated Angry Birds. <laughs> I can't even believe they made a movie out of that. Um, also out at the time was Through the Looking Glass, an Alice in Wonderland movie. Uh, uh, was that the one with Johnny Depp? I don't think so. Well, how many Alice in Wonderland movies are they going to make? All of them. They're making three right now. Uh, it was unseated the next week by TNMT, Out of the Shadows. They made another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? All of them. <laughs> uh, other movies you might have seen in the movie theater. Uh, Me Before You, The Con- the Conjuring 2, Ugh. and Now You See Me Too. Didn't see that? No, we didn't see any of those. No. Now You See Me was is with, uh, is that the one with Helen Hunt? That's the one with the, um, the magicians, I think. Are you sure? Yes. Because there's a movie called Now You. Now uh, You See Me. Uh, it was the, the magicians that pull off the heist. I think Woody Harrelson was even in that movie. Mm-hmm. Magicians you, pull off a heist. I, didn't you make me watch that movie? Yes, the first one was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the second one. Because um, I didn't watch it because the first one sucked. 
This would have been. I'm just trying to think of where we were and what we were doing that, that we didn't go watch the movie. So Laurel would have been, this would have been Laurel's 19th birthday. So this was after she was off at college. So we wouldn't even have like tried to make this a, a she, birthday movie. No, she wasn't in college in 2016. She was 19 at the time. That's not right. Has it been eight years since she went off to college? Yeah, she, that's, this is why she's like a grown adult and married and Jesus has Christ. her own life now. How the fuck did that happen? We got old. You hush. Facts. So <laughs> so what we're saying is this is after we stopped going to the movie theater. Yeah, pretty much. We haven't been to the movie theater. We don't theater. go to movies very often anymore. No. Well, because people like to chew popcorn in my fucking ear. Yeah. I think we were still catching like a birthday movie every once in a while by this point, but yeah, uh, we're in Washington, I believe, at this in, in May of 2016. Good lord. Okay, uh, yeah, so we get a lot of opening credits to include 20th Century Fox, Bad Hat Harry. No, oh, but they didn't say it though. No, they didn't say it in the, in the Marvel hat. opener. Yeah, yeah, lots of people worked on it. And then we we start off with Xavier giving a, a voiceover about... At least he actually sounds like Patrick Stewart this time. Yeah, he did kind of work on that. Yeah, last movie he didn't... He sounded like himself. Um, but we jumped to like 3600 BCE in Egypt. <sighs> uh, and a bunch of people are chanting for En Sabanur. I... Mm, yeah, listen... I don't like any of it. Yeah, well. Why? Why do they keep doing this? It's not just them. Lots of movies have done this, where they they go back into ancient times, and then they um, instead of borrowing the aesthetic from that culture, which would have been acceptable in this situation, they they decorate the this giant pyramid. Which is a pyramid of their own invention, um, with what looks like lines of solder from a motherboard. That's exactly what it looks like, and yeah. and it's not just their fault. Uh, I've seen it in several movies, and every time, every time, it annoys me. Nobody in the history of the world has used. And there's something about it. There's just that look. It's a motherboard. It's supposed to look technologically advanced. Oh, sure. However, how could it possibly be? He's ancient. Yeah. And he's not alien? No. Okay, so explain to me why he looks like an alien. I mean, I know he's a mutant. Yes. And some of that is suit, but you kind of can't tell what's suit and what's him. Yeah, so throughout the years, Apocalypse has... Um, in addition to his natural-born mutations, he has uh, messed with his own DNA so that he is more mutant than he was before. And he has embedded both technology he's created and alien technology into himself. So there is like, number one, there's no limit to what he can do. But also, like, there's no telling what 
is him and what is augmentation. And other alien or other mutants that he's stolen from through the process of going into other bodies. I Yeah, that was kinda mushy for the movie. He does jump into new bodies. As his body wears out, he jumps into a new body. Sure. Um this He's taking their abilities with him as he jumps. I don't know so Which much about. Doesn't make any sense yeah. because if you're just, if your essence is the energy inside your brain, then you can't take genetic mutations with you from body to body. Yeah. Well. Which yeah. is the only way I would accept. Like I would accept that he could do that one time. His genetic mutation is that he can project his energy into something else. But he wouldn't be able to take that ability with him. So he'd be he'd be able to have two lifetimes if he chose wisely well, his they, second body. They were doing some kind of uh, technological mystical ritual to have him jump bodies. Sure. Which is, they had he we're we're mutants. We have technology and we have magic. Yeah. Which is annoying. Yeah. And somehow. Aliens came up with the exact same patterns um, that that we have in our motherboards for things. Whatever. It's just it bothers a, it, you at this point. It, it takes me out of the movie because they haven't explained any of this. I know nothing about the character. All I know is I'm looking at ancient Egypt where they're doing magicy stuff. Which I can let go of because I'm sure ancient ancient Egyptians believed in things that seem magic-y to me. Sure. Um, so I can let that go, but then they make it look like a motherboard, and I'm like, okay, something's wrong. I don't like this. Yeah. Also, why was there a blonde white lady in ancient Egypt? Okay, so this is apocalypse back then. Yeah. Having gone all over the world to find mutants and empowered people to serve him. Okay. And I imagine he had to scour the world quite a bit because mutants would have been vastly more rare back then. Yeah, I would imagine. Also, white people would have been vastly more rare. Pretty rare back then, too, yes. Like... It bothered me. And here's why it bothered me. They didn't tell me what the fuck was going on. Not really, no. Not at all, baby. No. Not at all. It says, ancient Egypt, here you are. Yep. There's a white bitch. There's a black man, which is fine, because, you know, it's Egypt. And then every single one of these people are like the palest brown that they could possibly find. I don't know if you've ever, like, looked at actual crowd images of Egypt, but the majority of Egyptian people do not look like any of the people that were in that room. Yeah. It, uh, so yeah. not knowing what's going on, I'm like, I'm so confused already, and we haven't even started the movie yet. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, what this is is Apocalypse is ready for a new body, and he has found a mutant with a really good healing factor. And so this so is... So they had to slice, slice his gut open to show 
even though it had no bearing on anything and it wasn't going to become important later. Yeah. Because he didn't actually jump into that guy's body, did yes, he? Yes, he did. Did he? Yes. Did it work? Okay. Yeah. Because that was um, Moon Knight. Yeah, while they were falling. Except. So um, he's going to jump into this dude. They start the ritual. And while the ritual is going on, apparently uh, the humans don't want Apocalypse to be their ruler. So they revolt, including like setting off of the, the ceiling stones for the pyramid so that it... Uh, that, okay, this is the one thing in the movie that looked cool as fuck. Uh, I don't know how much you know about pyramids. Not as much as you. It was vaguely accurate in that pyramids do have um, this very long shaft that goes from the center to the outside. We don't know what it's for. For light... I don't know what it's for. Light, air, whatever. Uh, they weren't that big. Uh, but this is a pyramid that humans have never seen before, so they could do whatever they wanted to do with it. That I can let go. Uh, they shoot these cubes of rock down the chute. And it hits all of the supports. To knock the whole fucking thing down. So they're not using like magic or bullshit chance or whatever to crumble everything. They had an actual plan that they clearly had started from the building of the the pyramid. Yeah. This is this was a long game that the humans were playing to get rid of this fucker because clearly he's been a dictator and they've had enough of him. Uh, so that, that, with that simple thing that they did, told a whole story about how much this guy sucks and how much they hate him. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. And it was really super fucking cool to see these epically huge rocks go through and fuck everything up. I enjoyed that part. What I didn't enjoy was when the pyramid collapsed, instead of collapsing into a pile of rubble, which it should have done, it falls for hundreds of thousands of feet. She has enough, like, they have enough time to complete the ceremony and write a novel yeah. while they're falling. And she telekinetically moves the armor, which I assume is uh, technologically advanced armor, from the old body. You assume because the, the entire movie did not explain yeah. any of him to us. No. Um, and when they hit the ground, she bubbles him and protects him from falling shit while she herself does. Yeah. That's dedication, bro. Well, but also, okay, so now he's going to... So let's assume, because they didn't tell us, that this guy's healing factor extends to not starving to death. Sure. Wolverines would. But he should look like a mummy, like, or something. You you can't have, you can't have a body like that. Like, anytime you've ever seen, like, somebody with immense healing power, they need extreme amounts of calories to burn off to do the healing power. He should die. He should be dead at the bottom of this, this hole that's so large it should stop people from being able to build on top of it. I think, I'm going to counter some of this. 
And I think what we were supposed to get was that they had slowed down time for the, the falling scene. It, well, things were happening really fast, but they slowed it down. So the fall felt longer than it should have be, to show us that everything was moving. Okay, but they didn't so have people. anything falling. No. They did not have... No, that's... No, you can't add that to the movie because things were not slowly... We didn't watch things slowly fall. We watched things fall fast for a very long time. Mm. There wasn't like... Like you would expect Alice in Wonderland falling down the hole for things to be falling and practically floating in front of you because you're seeing it slowly. Like when they do for uh, Evan Peters, when he's running around and everything's floating around. So we know they know how to do it. So that's not what the intention was. And then um, then they're at the bottom. And for thousands of years, he doesn't wake up. No. He doesn't die. He doesn't mummify. He doesn't even get arthritis or age. For like 5,500 years. So he doesn't age? Apparently not. So why does he need a new body? Well, I'm assuming this this, this, this healing factor body doesn't age? He's just going to live forever? Yeah, except the, like half of the point of the movie is he wants Xavier's body. Uh, really, he wants Xavier's powers. But well, then I just like jump into Xavier, steal his shit, and then jump back into the other body. <laughs> um, and why would that guy, if he jumps out of that dude's body, dude should just pop back up and be like, "Ta-da!" Yeah. It it drives me crazy when they don't. Maybe. They they go to write the movie, but then don't think about the hows and why. Maybe Freaky Friday, right? He jumps into the new body. The old soul gets put in the dying body and dies. It doesn't. It. This is not apocalypse. I can't defend it. I really can't. This is a a character. Loosely based on a really good bad guy. But they've 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 set this guy up to be completely unbeatable. Yes. To be. Which is fair because. But, well, but it's not fair because he goes and he like finds a team like he needs help. Yeah. Which he shouldn't need help. No, but the the horsemen of the of of apocalypse are a thing. He like he has the four strongest. Like lieutenants that run his organization for him, because among other things, he he is a ruler. He wants to wipe out the weak, and he wants to rule the strong. Okay. Um, he just he has to have minions. Okay. The <clears throat> the era of comics that I read, uh, I first started reading, it really informs my love of the X Men, and it was right as this big event was happening where Xavier's son decides he's going to assassinate Apoc- uh, uh, Magneto because Magneto was all the problems of the world. Yeah. And it goes back in time before Magneto could cause the problems to kill Magneto. Why didn't he just kill Hitler and then Magneto wouldn't have been a bad guy? <laughs> but Charles steps in front of the bullet and dies himself. And Magneto then... Wait, I'm sorry. 
How would Charles Xavier have been anywhere near? They were friends at the time. Kid goes back, son goes back to a no, point in time. No, they're not friends at the time. The, Magneto, the no, Magneto and uh, Charles Xavier were not friends in uh, Poland or wherever they were. This was after Poland. You said, I'm sorry, I'm confused. He went back into the past to kill oh, Magneto. Magneto. Yes. If he's in the past, then how was Charles Xavier there? Xavier's son uh-huh. goes back in time uh-huh. to a point in time where Charles and, and Magneto were friends uh-huh. to kill Magneto before Magneto becomes evil. So before the Holocaust? No. That's not... Before Magneto starts doing bad stuff. Just... Stop hanging up on that. Run well, with me. the okay, but what you said was before he becomes Magneto or before he becomes a bad guy. Yes. But the Holocaust is where he becomes a bad guy. No. Yes, that's where Not he that, is. But but as far as I know, okay, the Holocaust is where Magneto essentially becomes radicalized. No. Stop! Please stop fighting me. Where you're tangenting our tangent. So. Anyway. So, Matt, Xavier's son Legion goes back in time to kill Magneto yep. to fix everything. Charles steps in front of the bullet and dies himself. Which then, then the comic book dissolves in your hand. Kind of. Uh, Legion ceases, ceases to exist, so this can't be undone. Well, it can't and, be done. <laughs> And um, Magneto, well, they use bifurcating timelines instead of sure. uh, Back to the Future timelines. So now Magneto, with the loss of his friend, becomes uh, becomes the Charles replacement and starts up his X-Men. Mm-hmm. All of this turmoil and the emergence of mutants wakes up Apocalypse earlier than he was supposed to wake up. And without... Xavier's leadership strong, Apocalypse is able to rise above and actually dominate the world. And it was several months called the Age of Apocalypse. And all of the comic books came out with different titles and everything was completely different. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yes. Um, okay, but was he destroying the world? No, 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 he was, well, it was, it was, what's the opposite of a utopia? It was a dystopia. Yeah. Right? But he was like, King shit of everything, mm-hmm. and he had uh, mutants, the horsemen that were his acolytes and his people, um, and they were running experiments and dominating, and if you didn't have, it was a, a fight of power to the top. Um, cool scenes from these comics. At one point, Scott Summers and Wolverine, who Wolverine got to be with Jean Grey in the Age of Apocalypse. They were a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were fighting for good, and Scott Summers was uh, one of the, the main acolytes of what? Apocalypse. Yeah. Oh, he was a bad guy. But well, I mean, he would be. He's and he, he could fuck everything up. He and uh, Wolverine is missing a hand because in that fight – Scott Summers melted the adamantium into a cap on one of Wolverine's hands. Oh yes, good badass. Lord. Well, now he's got a now he's got a mace and swords. 
um, Beast ends up being like the darkest evil scientist ever and is doing like Nazi level genetic experiments. He's got breeding pits where he he breeds mutants just so he can play with their DNA. Lord. They call him Dark Beast and he actually escapes into the main timeline. Like the Age of Apocalypse comics were f- mind blowing. Um they end up resetting the timeline and, and undoing well, of course. it. But um sounds like they lived in it for a little bit. Though. They about four or five months um, where everything was topsy-turvy. That is what I love about Apocalypse is the, the, the immense threat that he is. The fact that they, you, they have to erase him from the nexus of time in order to stop him. Um, well, they failed epically then. This, this, yeah. All that to say, um, this movie sucks. Okay, so um, the after the opening credits, which were some weird computerized time is passing, we'll yeah. throw little I mean, icons to show you events in history. Let's make sure to get a swastika in there somewhere. Well, but swastikas aren't just Nazis. It was in that instance. But, like... It was a very Eurocentric history. Sure. Also. Oh, and boy, did they focus on Jesus long enough for me to see him. <laughs> like, I don't remember anything else except Jesus uh, being crushed under the weight of his um, uh, cross. But they didn't even, it wasn't even an accurate cross. It was a cross instead of an X. They're lame. Um, but all of this takes us to a small town in Ohio in 1983. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to run through the timeline, that's where I'd stop. Ohio, 1983. <laughs> uh, and we're in a class discussing the emergence of mutants. And a little boy in the back of the classroom named Scott says something is wrong with his eyes. Okay, here's my question. This is 60 years I mean, 60. This is 20 years Mm -hmm. after the last X-Men movie, Time Jump. Yes. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yes or no? No, I don't think so. When was Days of Future Past? Well, Days of Future Past. When when Wolverine went back to the past to stop that uh, doctor, what year was that? Where was that movie? Days of Future Past. It was after Amazing Spider-Man 2. Ah, here we go. Um, 73, it looks like. So this is 10 years later. 10 years later. Well, it's better than 20. Yeah. But we've known about aliens for 10 years. Yeah. Mutants, you mean. I mean, yeah, fuck. We've known about mutants for 10 years. Yep. Seems a little late to be just now focusing on uh, them uh, emerging. Yeah. Okay. So this origin story for Scott Summers mm-hmm. is the biggest of bullshit. Yeah. 
like yes, uh, in the early early comic books, Scott Summers uh, is in a high school uh, and getting bullied. And Xavier rescues him and brings him into the fold. Mm-hmm. Not what I'm worried about. Ohio, not where Scott Summers is from. Not even a little fucking bit. Why would they? Why would they do that? I don't know. But <laughs> Scott Summers uh, <clears throat> is from Alaska. Alaska. Yes. Uh, his his parents and he were in a small little plane. And this is this is like. They have this story is so important that they have shown it. They have redrawn it at least ten times throughout the history of the X Men comics. Okay. Right? They're in a small plane. Dad's flying it. Something happens and the plane uh, gets hit. Is on fire. It turns out that the something that happens is an alien spaceship. Put a pin in that. <laughs> okay. It, there's only one uh, parachute. So Scott's dad hands it to Scott and his brother Alex tells them to hold each other tight and oh, throws them out the plane. Jesus. Right? That's heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, so they fall to the ground. They hit pretty hard, assuming their parents are dead in the plane crash. Yeah. Scott bumps his head. Which is why later he can never learn to turn off his mutant powers. Oh, well, that's an important piece of information to right. have. They I just and, wondered why they never bothered to help him learn to control it. Yeah. Uh, they end up getting sent off to um, to an adoption, to separate adoption facilities. So the one that Scott goes to is run by uh, Nathan Essex, who is Mr. Sinister. That's a story that will take seven hours to explain, so it's really bad guy that's really interested in Scott's sure. DNA. Sure. Partly because Scott was there when he became a... Whatever. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, mom and dad get sucked up into an alien spaceship, taken away. Mom gets space raped, has a space baby, and then dies. Good God. Dad... They be- put that in a comic book? Yes. Dad becomes a space pirate named Corsair. So he doesn't bother to go find his kids? Doesn't bother coming back looking for his kids. Jesus Christ. Scott, eventually, when the when the um, adoption agency that Mr. Sinister is running shuts down, Scott eventually goes back to his grandparents in Alaska um, and grows why up there. the fuck wouldn't they go to no. grandparents in the yeah. first place? Um, Alex works for the system, they end up coming back together um, in the future. Havoc is one of the, there's the first five mutants, you know, Cyclops, Gene, Angel, Beast, Iceman. Havoc is one of the first extra mutant that gets added into the team. Him and Polaris, okay. who may or may not be uh, Magneto's daughter, but that's not here. Jesus name. Christ! Yeah. These are such soap operas. I, I love swear them. to God. Anyway, wouldn't it be amazing if they did a soap opera that was just 
straight up the comics. Yes. Start from the beginning. Oh. And then it would just feel like like little old ladies would be like, oh, I gotta watch my stories, and it's X Men. Yeah. With all the retcons and, and all the th- well because everything. because those little old ladies would be able to keep up with that shit. Oh okay. yeah. You wouldn't believe like if ask ask someone who used to sit and watch every one of those soaps, they'll be able to tell you the six different soaps, all their branches of bullshit and weirdness and and evil twins and brain transplants and the whole shebang. Yeah. But I don't know how people keep the shit straight. All of that just to say, fuck these motherfuckers for putting Scott in a high school in Ohio in 83. Okay. When his brother Havoc was an X-Man 10 years ago. Yeah. So no, more than 10 years ago. He was an X-Man during the fucking Cuban Missile Crisis. So which his, happened in... See, that's what I'm confused about, because it couldn't have been 73. It had to have been No, no, no. There's two movies. Remember, first class was the Cuban Missile Crisis... And then Days of Future Past was when Wolverine jumped back to stop the assassination. But 20 years ago, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, his younger brother, Havoc, was an X-Man. But he's in high school. Yeah. Well, and then... And the fucking parents weren't dead. And not only that, but um, wasn't Scott Summers um, contemporary with uh, Jean Grey? Yes. In one of the movies? In every movie ever. They are they are the They're they're lovers. Yes, they are the Luke and Laura of however, X-Men. However. However. Unless you prefer them on. But now they've got him being a teenager while Professor X is thirty something. Now he was again, they these guys don't understand their own fucking timeline because Xavier was in his twenties at least during the Cuban Missile Crisis in yeah. the 60s. So he's got to be at least 40 now. Well, but they were uh, they were um, young teens during uh, the Holocaust. Like, the most important thing to me is the timeline. Because without the correct timeline, Magneto is not the same bad guy. No. He absolutely has to be let's say 12 during the uh uh the war yeah world war 2 uh-huh. so 1938 to 1940 something oh my god i can't i i just had a brain fart i can't remember um so he can't that if he's 12 in say Let's just be totally crazy and say he's 12 in 1945. Okay. How old is he in 1963? He would have been born in 33, so he would have been 30. Okay. So he would then be... 50 in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then in the... When but you, he's not 50. When you age him up to where he's Ian McKellen, he's like 90 at that point. Yeah. Now, here's why it works in the comic books. Magneto actually got de-aged to an infant about halfway through. Well, they didn't do that in the movie, so that no. doesn't count. Okay, so <clears throat> so in this movie, um, Professor X should be in his 50s. Yeah. Uh, dude who's 45, maybe. 
Maybe. But I don't think so. I don't know how old that guy is. Um, but now that he's contemporary with um, uh, Jean Grey. Yeah. Maybe a little younger than him. But in the original movies, the first movies I watched, Jean Grey is, uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell people's ages, but 30 at the most, right? She's mm. younger-ish. And uh, he's Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. At least 70. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is all the, the timeline. And the, the timeline in the comics, it's a little wonky because they've been using the same characters since the 60s. But, right? they, but they do things to make it make they sense. They do things to make it make sense. And sometimes they just, like, ignore the fact that they've got 60 years of history and act like uh, – like, well, but for people like Magneto, though, it's essential. It is essential that he lived through the Holocaust. That is because because that's why that's why he reacts to things the way he does. Yeah. Um, and also that's why he's not completely a bad guy. That gives leeway for them to be able to forgive him over and over and over again for the bad stuff he does. Why Professor X is okay calling him old friend when he's the one that put him in the fucking wheelchair? Yeah. Like, you only forgive shit like that for people who you care about deeply and for whom the evil is a necessity. Yeah, so that's Scott Summers' introduction, and that's bullshit. Well, and then it it really brings home, like, when we were watching the X-Men movies, the one with Kitty Pride where she's a teenager, Mm -hmm. and you were all upset. And I was like, why are you so upset about it? Well, now I understand why. Because now I'm now I'm into these characters yep. and I'm into what the story is supposed to be. And now I'm just as aggravated as you were because Because they're taking the characters and they're like carving they, they take the shell of the character and carve out everything that makes that character who it is and then just use that shell as a skin on another story that kind of doesn't make sense at all. But on top of that, they're taking their own canon. Wiping their ass with it. Yeah. It's like, because, because Jean Grey can't be contemporary with professor X. Professor X's age and knowledge and wisdom make him. I mean, that's why he's the one everyone looks up to. I'm not, I'm not following that guy who's my age and knows all the same things I do. And it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it let his age and wisdom lend him the authority yeah. that he needs. Not just, oh, we're following this guy because uh, his his parents had a really big house that we can turn into school. Yeah. No, it's it's almost like uh, the all of the Fox movies are individual movies that are loose sequels of each other. They're they're not all really in the same universe. Well, that makes it super confusing. Yeah. Okay. So then we jump to Berlin. There was a lot of jumping, and we're not even we're like this is like the first three minutes of this movie. I swear. Yeah, part. and we're yeah. This is gonna be a long one. Love you guys. <laughs> uh, we jump to Berlin. Mystique is looking for something, uh, people, I guess, to save. She wants to save mutants. And there's a steel cage match uh, where Angel is fighting the Blob. Now, they don't straight up say he's the Blob, 
but his costume is the Blob's costume, and he's a large guy. His costume? He was just wearing pants. No, no, no. He had the yellow belt. That was the Blob. I promise you that was supposed to be the Blob. The Blob that we met in one of the Wolverine movies. Yeah. And this... Yeah. Angel, who we also met in one of the original movies. Uh In the future. As younger than Jean Grey... And now he's a grown-ass man fighting in a steel cage match uh-huh. in the mutant fighting underground. Uh-huh. So let's just... And you know, he's, he's got his wings. He's got his wings, which he cut off himself as a kid. So one of these movies is lying. Now, here's... One of the things that you can do is you can say that after Wolverine went back in time and changed the past... That some of the events that happened in the original movies didn't happen, no, which is can't. why Gene and Scott are both alive at the end of the, that movie. However, what you can't do is have somebody born before they were born. Yeah. The um, if you change things in the past, it can change the past, but it can't, or it can change the future, but it can't change the past. Yes. Um, and um. I'm just, it's, are these, do you think they're actually supposed to be different universes and they just didn't tell us? I don't, it's the only thing that makes sense is because, different universes. Because, because, well, but they connected them. They, they, they sell we them, had yeah. Jean-Luc Picard sending Wolverine back. Yes. So they're connected. They can't, supposed yes. to be different. No. They're absolutely. the same. And to top it off. Like, well, here's how you know that they're connected, but they're only loosely connected because Deadpool is definitely connected to this universe. Yeah. But there are two versions of Deadpool. So the Fox X-Verse is a jumble of bullshit. I just don't understand how they let this happen. They wanted to make money, and so they packed in as many fucking mutants as they could. Well, okay, but I don't understand. You, you, okay, so... Um, Is everybody somebody's favorite mutant? Okay, so they can have Professor X. Yep. They can have um, uh, uh, Mystique, because she can affect how... She could be God only knows what age. Sure. Um... But then they can have other people. Yeah. yeah. There are plenty of aliens. Or aliens. Why do I keep saying aliens? There are plenty of mutants to choose from. You do not have to pick the ones that we've already seen. Like Nightcrawler and Angel and Jean Grey and goddamn um, Storm. Who, what, now all of a sudden Storm is 70 in the other movies? Bullshit. So there are... Um, over 15 million mutants throughout the Marvel history. Uh, not all of which obviously have been on the page. Uh, but I'm sure that you could. Or they could have completely invented brand new ones that could have had what, whatever fucking powers they wanted. Absolutely. Especially considering in this movie, nobody's powers were defined. Not perfectly. No. At all. No, I can't tell you right now. I couldn't tell you what Storm's powers were. They didn't even use her name. So she could have been literally anybody, but it was obvious that that's who she was supposed to be. Yeah. 
Um, oh, we'll get there. I have plenty to say about that. Guys, get yourself a, a sandwich and uh, a drink because this is going to be a long fucking No, listen. Pe- people aren't just sitting here listening to us. They're doing laundry. They're scrubbing the toilet. They're freaking driving home from work. Uh, they're making dinner. You might have to circle the, 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 the neighborhood a couple of times. No, listen. You, this is why podcasts are awesome. You pause. Eat your dinner. Come back. We'll still be sitting here waiting for you. Okay. So Angel beats the blob, and then they throw uh, Nightcrawler into the cage with it. Nightcrawler, who, by the way, is Mystique's son. Not in this movie. Period. Not in any of the movies. No, not in any of the movies. Mystique's son. No questions the fuck about it. Mystique is Nightcrawler's but mommy. Even in this movie... Um, joked about how they were all the same color blue. Yes. Now, that said, this is the second Nightcrawler we get in this series of movies. Yep. He's now younger, but um, not yet. Well, I don't think he's younger enough to have been no. in a 2012 movie. It's only from... <laughs> No, he's no, not. it was earlier than 2012. But, but a 2000s movie? No, 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 no. Um, no, you can tell me we encountered Nightcrawler early in the timeline because we changed the timeline. Bomb. Well, but you didn't. But they didn't change the timeline that much. How much did they change the timeline? I don't know. Because. It's not like Wolverine was spilling a lot of tea while he was back there helping them. Because dude hardly said shit while he was back there. But anyway. But, but, so, I mean, they've already met. Okay. So, in the other movie, they met him for the first time. Yes. They nobody knew who he was. They didn't know why he was acting the way he was. He scared them. No, because remember. And now we're meeting him. They're all meeting him again for the first time. Not all of them. Some of them are new, so they're not re-meeting him. That was the movie where a dude used his son's genetic mutation to control other mutants. Yeah, but so, um, some of these guys. Should have in that other movie been like, oh, hey, nice to see you again. Guy who at the end of this movie is an X-Man. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's bullshit. Let's move on. We cut to Poland where Magneto is working in a factory. Not that I recognized him as Magneto. And he's got himself a full-ass family with a wife and a kid, and he's trying to do what Xavier told him to do and just peacefully coexist. Yeah. He's doing a pretty good job of it. Yes. And this is one of the few things that are actually straight out of the comics. Oh, that's kind good. The, the horrifically traumatizing worst part of the movie. Yes. Is actually from a comic book. Those comic book dudes, man, they're trying to destroy your your young child's soul but their be- emotion. Before we find out what happens to his family, we jump back to Westchester 
Because oh, Alex, you know, you know. Although they're fucking everything up, we actually didn't know. Uh, they could have retconned him a whole family, and and he could have had a thirty year old daughter run around in behind the scenes in that other movie. We would have known. Yeah. Um, but I assumed immediately something bad was going to happen. So Alex Summers, whose parents are still alive, yeah, has said, "Oh, I guess Scott takes after me." Scott's his older brother. Um. And takes his brother to Westchester to uh, go to Xavier's school. Okay, I don't remember. This older brother was supposed to have been in that other movie. He was in first class. I don't think we. I don't think we saw him in Days of Future Past. I didn't remember him. No, quick Google later. He was. He was not in that movie. He was not okay. in the second one. So it's been a while since you've seen him on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hank's a teacher. So the original five X-Men, Hank and Gene and Scott and Bobby and uh, Warren, uh, not the original X-Men apparently because now Hank is Scott and Gene's teacher. But also they already had an iteration of X-Men back in 63. Yeah, several of 62. them. 62. Yeah. This is garbage, 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 garbage. Also, uh, I just uh, realized, I was thinking, um, uh, 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 two people in this movie look like they were actually in the 80s. Uh, uh, Scott Summers' brother, he had the the 80s hair and the clothes, and then um, Professor X was wearing the exact same kind of pants my dad used to wear. (laughs) And then I was like, wait a minute. My dad, yeah. How old would my dad have been? My dad would have been 44 in 1983. So, I mean, there's no way. uh, I mean, how the fuck old is um, the guy playing Professor X when when this movie's made? Oh. So my dad, or my dad was born in 1939. Patrick Stewart was born in 1940. So they should be following my dad's timeline here-ish. Sure. Uh, so the ages of the actor are a little off. But he doesn't look that old to me. Does he look that old to you? No. Okay, so we get a scene, literally the only scene, where anybody is training at all. Hmm? Uh, and Xavier is going to teach Scott how to control his powers. Is he? Because By taking his blindfold off and having him aim at a target. Not having seen Scott use his powers, not having any idea how the powers well, work. He, no, he wasn't going to train him. He yeah, wanted this, to see what his powers were. He was. This was. This is how Xavier trains. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's, I don't know where you're getting that from, but that scene was. Let me see what you got. Yeah. Well, Scott kills a tree. His grand, uh, Xavier's grandfather's tree. Which is also bullshit, because that tree was huge. Also, literally the only funny part of the movie, so... Wasn't funny? That was awful. That was not funny. He, he fucking ruined that tree. Dude is sitting there talking about how this is my favorite tree. I used to climb on it as a kid. Yeah. My grandpa uh, uh, planted that tree, and, and now this 
hundreds of years old, by the way, tree. It's huge. Yeah. Um, it's split in half. Um, yeah. That was the worst part of the movie. Right there. Yeah. Devastating. And not quite how Scott Powers work, but I don't even give a shit. Uh, what we, do you mean? Like, he has laser eyes. No, they're not lasers. They're concussive force. I don't give a flying fuck what you say they are. The way they use them in all of the movies, in every single one of the movies, those are laser eyes. <laughs> because he shoots red beams out. Of, they're red beams out of his motherfucking eyeballs. And it looks exactly like Superman's laser eyes. It's exactly the same. If they wanted me to believe for some motherfucking reason that eyeballs can shoot concussive force, then it should be um, invisible waves and you don't know where it's coming from. Sometimes it gets defined that Scott's eyes are a portal to a dimension of pure That's force. the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. They're laser eyes. And that's why everything that the laser touches slices in half. Like he's got fucking, um, what are they called from Star Wars? What are they called from Star Wars? A lightsaber? Yeah, he's got lightsabers coming out of his eyeballs. <laughs> it cuts things in half just like that. That's not concussive force. Concussive force. <laughs> Would act like if you were blowing extremely strong amounts of air at something and it would just fucking fall down and reverberate. Like if he looked at something and blinked, like if he looked at a drum and blinked, it'd go bump, 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 bump. Yes. Not burn in half because they're laser eyes. They're not supposed to be. I don't give a flying fuck what they're supposed to be. What they actually are is laser eyes. Otherwise, that tree wouldn't have caught fire. It shouldn't have. It did, though, didn't it? <laughs> didn't that tree catch fire when he cut it in half with his laser eyes? Jay. By the way, they've never actually said what his eyes did in those movies. Yeah, I know. So, you're arguing with me that they're concussive force. And you're probably wrong. They probably decided. No, on no, no. Well, I mean, the... the- the movie, the movie writer, the movie writers decided they were laser eyes <laughs> because all of the rules they come up with from the way it behaves is lasery. So we jump to Cairo, where Myra McTaggart. Oh yeah, the movie I forgot. Where where Myra McTaggart has been watching Indiana Jones too much. That's my joke, you asshole. <laughs> I wrote it down too. You wrote it down after I said it. No, <gasps> lion bastard. You lie. You know goddamn well I said that first. No. Um, but she's get you. following your cat. You can chew on the wires if you want. She's following some dudes with a tattoo that resembles the symbol that was on the pyramid at the beginning of the movie. You mean an onk? An onk inside of an A. It was an onk inside of a pyramid. No, but no, it was an A because it had the legs too. No, the legs were the onk. Looking. Onk. An onk inside of a pyramid. Yeah, but that's also an A for apocalypse. Yes, but it's not because that's what it would look like if you put an onk inside of a pyramid. It's doing double duty. You assume. 
Yes. Why would they have an A? It's ancient Egyptian. Jeremiah, they didn't have A's in ancient Egypt. You know what? Superman doesn't have an S in Kryptonian, but they put a fucking S on his chest. However, Jeremiah, he lives in motherfucking America and speaks English. So he does have S's. This isn't an English A because they don't even have English yet. English hasn't evolved, uh, uh, developed from proto-Germanic languages for that letter to exist yet. Don't argue with me. I know shit. Well, then it's just a hell of a coincidence. Well, maybe it is, or maybe the fucking people that wrote this movie are stupid asses. And maybe that's why everybody in ancient Egypt was fucking speaking not Egyptian. <laughs> I swear to fuck, that's a pyramid. With a little, a little onk, ooh, little, uh, uh, and then the arms. Yep, look at that. It fits perfectly. Pyramid. Yeah. Okay. So these dickwads have dug up apocalypse. They these followers of apocalypse who have had six thousand fucking years, five thousand years. Yep. It picked now to, to find him. Well, okay. Finally. To, to be fair. Uh. Uh, archaeologists have to do a lot of fucking research and sit in the library and in their <laughs> colleges and, yes. and and do research with books and stories and things. That's an archaeologist now. An archaeologist in 35,000 BC knew where this fucking pyramid used to be. Yeah, but baby, the people in 1983 weren't 5,000-year-old people. I know, but these are his followers. He's had a clan of followers for 5,000 years. Yeah, but um, you don't know. They could have started back up after 4,000 years. Okay. It okay. doesn't mean that he has continuously had followers. No, nope. you know what? I'll give you that. Like... The Knights Templar. I mean, never mind the fact that he woke up in uh, Victorian England. Uh, but what else? Victorian. Not in this movie, he didn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what is he, Doctor Who? But sunlight hits the fucking golden electronic thing for the first time and wakes him up. That's not what wakes him up. Him. What wakes him up is them doing the magical chant. Oh. oh, and there was magical chants, I forgot. Yeah, remember, it was magic and tech, even though they didn't show us any tech, but whatever. Yeah. Magic. Let's go back to Poland. Um, to. Yes, because... It's, it's cold there. Because Magneto, uh, at the time that Apocalypse wakes up, uh -huh. there are tremors all over the world. That makes total sense. He's that powerful. He's practically a deity. And one of these oh, tremors... Oh, yeah, he... Mm -hmm. Yep. One of these tremors causes a giant fat, uh, a giant vat to, of liquid metal to almost fall on somebody. And oh, is, so that, is that what I was supposed to get from that? Yes. So Magneto reaches out and stops it from killing the guy. And then after they save him... He goes back to like, oh, nobody saw nothing. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Um, 
I, I didn't realize that that's what was supposed to happen. That, or that I was supposed to realize that uh, a little shake. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, they were they kept jumping around so much. They that jump around well. I, I I didn't connect the two at all. Because we don't have any time to digest that really. Because we got to jump back to Westchester where Jean's having nightmares, and the the tremor of Apocalypse waking up coincides with the tremor of her shaking the house because she's dreaming of the end of the world. Well, she's not just shaking the house. She's um. Well, we don't know that she's shaking the house. It could have been him. Exactly. Uh, because she's melting the fucking walls. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently that's a power she has. She can catch shit on fire or melt things. Listen, that the things that they are doing with the Phoenix Force are completely inconsistent with any previous history of Phoenix. Sure. Both what we already saw in the future and what's been written by uh, <clears throat> my friends at Marvel. Okay. So, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well. So that bullshit happens. Uh, Hank says that the tremors originated in uh, Egypt, and he gets uh, Xavier. The whole Earth. Yep. He gets Xavier. It's giant earthquake all over the planet. He gets Xavier to strap into Cerebro to see what happened. And we get cool graphics. And Xavier doesn't find Apocalypse, the source of the problem. He finds Myra. No, they were looking for Myra because no. they saw her on the news. No. Yes. No. In this scene, Hank asked Xavier to find out what the source of the problem was. So what he, he finds Myra. I don't understand how. Okay, I don't understand then. Um, yeah. I okay. Sure. Uh, then we jump back to Magneto, who is telling his wife that they need to GTFO because his secret's no longer secret. Okay. But nobody reacted to him. I thought he was good because I thought he was being extra because nobody reacted to him saving that guy's life. And not only that, but if you see somebody um, save someone's life, wouldn't you just be like, fuck yeah, you're awesome, dude, and then move on? Yeah, except mutants are hated and feared. Magneto himself, a guy who can move metal, the only one that anybody knows about in the world, is famously a bad guy who tried to, like, destroy humanity. Except just now he saved somebody's life, so either he's not the same guy or he's changed his wicks. Yeah. This is a guy they've had dinner with. Yeah. And either uh, they couldn't help themselves but hate and fear the guy with the power, or... They got a little drunk and... Jesus fucking Christ. Human beings suck. Talked about some shit in a bar with the wrong person. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, either way, Magneto's not wrong. Uh, somebody saw him yeah. use his power, he's got to go. And babe, if you ever come home and say, grab the animals, we gotta go. Yeah. I'm not pausing to pack clothes. Okay, that's good. 
Well, I don't know what it is. We're grabbing the animals. We'll get in the car. We got plenty of time while we get the fuck out in the car for you to tell me why are we running? Yeah. Uh, if you ever murder somebody and I don't know about it, I'm going to be in the car leaving with you before I'm like, whoa, take me back home. I ain't running with you, dumbass. <laughs> because people always hesitate and go, why? 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 If I call you and say get out of the house, you better be talking to me from the car, Jeremiah. Yeah. Because I don't have time to tell you because someone's coming to get you or there's a gas leak or... Uh, there's a nuclear bomb. I don't know. No time. You should just trust me. Like I would trust you if you said, book it. Like, as a matter of fact, when we, the first night we slept here, um, and you went out to go see what the noise was and you said they're here and I didn't fucking know what you were talking about. I already had my pants on while I was saying, Who's here? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I was up and out, and we were, you know. Yeah. So, it drives me crazy they do that. It's so, well, it probably is realistic. It's just ignorant. So Magneto's right to leave, but he's a little a little too slow. because His wife is too slow. because His daughter, Nina, is not in bed where she's supposed to be. Because apparently she likes to go out and talk to animals. Her mutant power is being Snow White. <laughs> she was too young for her mutant powers to have actually started showing. Yes, but we've already seen. We've already seen. Yeah, uh, that is that is the least offensive part of this uh, this entire movie. So I'm not worried about it. Um, yeah, so they have a talk in the woods and. Magneto is going to surrender himself to the assholes um, so that his family can go free. Unfortunately, he has already explained to his daughter that his parents were taken from him when he was a child, yeah. you know, by Nazi bastards. Yeah. And he maybe should have waited until she was older for that. And so she interprets this as she's never going to see her daddy again, which is probably, probably a true, true interpretation. And so, in her upsetness at losing her dad, uh, she makes the nature attack the assholes who are trying to take her daddy from her. Yeah. Which, I mean, if that idiot with the bow and arrow had been um, practicing the trigger discipline like he should have been, yeah, none of this would have gone down. I, you've shot a bow before, or you've yeah. had one in your hands. You know how much strength it takes to pull that back. Yeah. Absolutely nobody who shoots arrows is going to be holding that back the whole time. Yeah. Like, just sitting there. Because your arm is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And it's dangerous. If you get knocked into and let go, an arrow is flying through the woods, which you have no control over. Yeah, and it kills... Nina and her mom at the same time. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, did they both go down? And you could see quite a bit, like this much of the arrow was sticking out of mom's back. So they were they were locked together. Yeah, so these guys were smart when they came to get Magneto, and they didn't bring anything metallic with them. 
So Magneto uses the locket from around his daughter's neck to fucking murder them all. Mm-hmm. Before they could blink. Yeah, which it drives me nuts they call him Magneto when it's not magnetism because he can affect apparently all metal. Yeah, well, eventually he gets strong enough so he can affect things that aren't eventually even Eventually it doesn't matter it. here because this is 1983. Yeah, but listen. Um, And that wasn't an iron locket. What is? Not what is. It's very important to me. Metal is metal. Because, listen, Magneto is not destroying the world with his powers if all he can move is magnetic metal. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, mm-hmm. magnets were magic. And he could do all kinds of really cool things with his mag- magnetic powers. Dude could astral project with his magnetic powers. That is stupid. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. I am beyond trying to understand this shit. It was written by men. Don't bother to try to make it make sense. So we cut back to Apocalypse, who's having a hard time adjusting to the new world with the moving carriages and whatever. Um, He sees a young Storm uh, using her powers to steal. Teenage Storm? Yeah, this is... This is mostly in keeping with the comics. I'm okay. Like Storm as a thief, as a, a young thief in Cairo, is established as as fact. Yeah, but not in 1983. Oh, yes and no, right? Like timelines are shifty. This this is okay. Whatever. Um. Because yeah. I don't know what happened to Professor X and Magneto, but. Something happened where they aged 40 years without everybody else. Yeah, sure. Um, like, it wasn't Apocalypse that saw her stealing in Cairo. It was actually Xavier. Before he drafts her onto the years before, he bumps into her, and then there's this um, bad guy entity who can inhabit other bodies. Uh, mm. Storm as a thief in Cairo before she really came into that's her power. Not, yeah, that's not the part I'm worried about. Uh, Israel. Um, some thugs corner her, and Apocalypse saves her by using some sand powers. Wait a minute. Then why did it look like that guy was trying to save her from Apocalypse? No, no, no. They, they were going to beat up the little thief. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Apocalypse uses his sand powers to kill them all. Well, this is the problem with only watching the movie once and I'm writing notes. Because yeah. I was writing stuff down while that happened and I thought he was trying to protect her. Yeah. So Xavier goes with Havoc to see Myra at the CIA. Um, he pauses the room like he likes to do. Because humans are playthings. Um, and this is where he reminds us that at the end of uh, first class, he mind wiped her so she wouldn't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Mind rape. Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. Um, they go in to see Myra and she explains how Apocalypse has survived for tens of thousands of years. Does and- she explain it? Or does she just say this is what has happened? I don't know how or why. You know, uh, she exposes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and in that exposition, she basically says that Apocalypse is the basis for like 
all of the Western religions. Well, he said himself, uh, I am Elohim. Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll later. Elohim means God's. It is, it is the plural Hebrew word for God's. Good, oh, well. He's um, as far beyond mutants as they are beyond humans. But here's the thing. There's no proof that there were ever Jews in Egypt. There's no archaeological proof. Okay. Um, so he wouldn't have been a god to the Hebrew people. And he sure is. Yeah, like, I, don't yeah, know why. Like, I don't know why, but him using that word really bothered me. Okay. It really bothered me. All over the world. All over time. This dude is omnipresent. Yeah. He's that chick from Star Trek. Which is ironic because while he's talking to Storm in her little hutch, the house thing, um, I didn't really see the outside of it. Yeah, this is the next the next scene. The, yeah, the um, there is a TV mm-hmm. and that is an episode of Star Trek, the original Star Trek. Um, now, IMDb says that is an episode of Star Trek where um, someone who was worshipped on Earth as a god um, is mad because people no longer believe in them. And they were actually an alien. But... And I'm not, I've not watched the old Star Trek uh, since I was a kid, so I, I don't remember that episode. There's an episode of TNG where that happens, where um, in the 1980s, this chick is like the devil, not God, is the devil, and yeah. like makes deals. You remember that episode? Yeah. And makes deals with everybody. Um, so it was a very teeny tiny itty bitty uh, nod to uh, Trekkies that are into the original series, but um, yeah, but he's upset that humanity has uh, festered and that the weak have inherited the earth. And then he touches the TV and drains all the knowledge of the world out of that 1980. That's a weird way to put that. He he uploads downloads. Yes, he downloads. Okay, but I don't. Understand. It's not like he's tapping into the internet. See, that's the yeah, there, there's... that's the problem because um, he's making references and stuff to the rest of the. Um, the only thing he should have access to, knowledge-wise, is whatever is on every channel on the satellite at that moment. Yeah. Not all over the world, just that one satellite. Yeah. Which even our dish network has two different satellites. So, yes. So, not all of the history of the world, and not. Yeah, this is so far beyond ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Not only that, but those are little satellites on top of a roof. Yeah. Um, and in 1983, like I said at the beginning of this, those satellites were the size of swimming pools that had to be out in your yard. So they didn't even bother. They did not even bother to try to get the right thing. Yep. Yeah. And then at the end of this scene, 
we find uh, out how Storm got her white eyes and white hair because Apocalypse boosted her powers. I have. This is the worst. This is the worst part of the movie for me. This is absolutely the worst thing that they've ever done. So fuck you very much, Apocalypse. Um, yeah, no. Storm is this incredibly powerful mutant. Um, she can. She's like. Her name shouldn't be Storm. She's like Mother Earth. Yeah. She's um, an Omega-level mutant. And now we find out uh, these guys have written into the canon that she's only as powerful as she is because a man gave her more power. More power. <laughs> Funny. That offends me to no end. Oh, yeah. It's fucking bullshit. And not only that, but com- and, and, and coupled with the incredible bullshit they pulled off with that other, with the first X-Men movie where she's getting choked out. What the fuck is it with these female mutants who are all powerful everywhere, except if a man grabs them by the throat? What the fuck is that? I don't know why you're asking me. I'm as mad about this scene as you are. But then she gets her, her special white hair. And extra power from this dude. Yeah. It's a mockery of of her (laughs) entire story. Storm, who's like one of the few X-Men who hasn't at some point been a horseman of the apocalypse. (laughs) God damn. Yeah, okay. So let's go to another bullshit-ass scene. Where Mystique goes to Caliban to get papers so that Nightcrawler can leave town. Why? Caliban, who has psychics and smugglers. Why does Nightcrawler need papers to leave town? Uh, I don't know. I guess he can't. Can't they just show him a picture of New York? No, he can't teleport that far. Like that's not what he said in the movie. He said. He he was specifically asked, how far can you go? And he's like, as far as I can see, or if I've been to a place before. He needs, if, so that insinuates that if he can, if he can visualize it, then he can go. Yeah, they were also way overusing how many people he could teleport at a time. They, well, he said he'd never done it before. Like, he did it, but they at least made it seem like it was super hard for him. Yeah. Uh, it's, no. But but but, but he the way he explained it, it's connected to visual visualization. As far as I can see, or if I've been there before. Yeah. So if he can mentally envision a place, like, you know, Times Square, then he can pop there. No, about a mile is as far as he can go. Okay. I love you, but... We're going off the movie here. Oh, oh, which one? Which, which the one we're talking about right now? Because this movie is canon for this movie only. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's internally consistent. I I don't know. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So Caliban, um, I do like his character, although he smacks of Jar Jar Binks. Didn't he kind of give you like a Jar Jar Binks kind of uh, feel? No. 
Not really. But Caliban is... He's he's talking funny. He's got a, a strange manner about him. And he deals in, in commodities. Caliban is a Morlock who is kind of simple-minded. His mutant power is finding person. His mutant power is finding other mutants. He falls in love with Kitty Pride for a little while. Well, I mean, who and, hasn't? Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? Right? He's got good taste. Um, Apocalypse does take him on and make him a horseman for a while. He breaks free of Apocalypse's influence, but he's like super beefy. Uh, he fights with X Force for a while. Caliban is a great tragic character. Sure. This is not. I don't know what, why they even bothered to use the name Caliban for this character. There like, was, like you said, they're trading off of fandom. Yeah, there is there is nothing about this character that has anything to do with Caliban. Nothing. He doesn't, doesn't work on the ground? I've never heard of him. Uh, I don't know. Um, he was... He can find mutants, but he's using psychics to do it. So, fuck all this. So, Caliban can find mutants, but he can't find mutants. He uses psychics to find mutants? Apparently. So, he's a facilitator? Yeah. He does tell Mystique uh, that Magneto's in trouble. So, Yeda. His psychics told him. This bullshit. This damn movie. Okay, so then we jump to uh, Westchester again where Hank gives Scott his first pair of Ruby Quartz glasses. Ruby Quartz! This is canon. Don't don't eat it too hard. I don't care if it's canon if it's stupid. But the first girl he sees with his new eyes is Jean Grey. And birds start chirping. And love is in the air already. Um. Okay. I'm. I. Uh, I am wrong. Apparently, there is a kind of quartz that has a red hue to it that um, they call ruby quartz. It was first discovered in 1792, but it's just quartz. Okay. Uh. It's not chemically different from other quartz at all. Okay. Um. This is a. Listen, listen. If if his eyes are shooting out concussive force, Mm -hmm. then his eyes would knock those glasses off his motherfucking head. Yeah, probably. Also, they end up like having lots of straps on the back of his head. Well, don't then they end up being like uh, Jordy LaForge's visor? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't understand. Unless they're trying to say that Ruby Quartz um, refracts laser light, which is all, almost almost halfway believable. This is uh, concussive force um, is going to knock those glasses off. And if your eyes are busy being portals to another universe that is all concussive fucking wind or whatever the fuck he ain't seeing out of his eyeballs at the same time so my question is he puts these glasses on and does that are his eyes shooting red lasers all of the time yes 
or not lasers. You hush. Or do the glasses somehow stop his eyes from shooting lasers? No. So how is he seeing through eye uh, lasers? Not lasers. How would he be seeing through concussive force? Everything would be all wavy or something. Because concussive force doesn't happen. If his pupils are opening into a another universe, then his pupils aren't able to receive light and flip it right back or upside down and then shoot it to the brain. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> uh no. Absolutely not. But I have never heard of ruby quartz. Oh. Ruby quartz was the only known naturally occurring substance that blocks or deflects Cyclops' optic blasts without damage. Yeah. Ooh, maybe it's bouncing off the glasses and back into his eyes. Well, then wouldn't that be a problem? No, because his optic blast can't hurt him or any other Summers. So, like, he can't blast Havoc with his optic blasts. Why? Because often mutations don't affect your siblings. So, the laws of physics stop at your toes? Yeah. Like, Xavier can't get inside the head of, if he had a brother, he wouldn't be able to get inside the head of his brother. In the new X-Men number 131, Cyclops explains that light turns yellow in the ruby quartz shield of his visor. However, a flashback in Astonishing X-Men volume 3 number 14 has Scott mentioning that he sees things tinged with red. The second account is reinforced in Champions volume 2 number 12, in which a series of panels shown from Cyclops' point of view are colored in shades of red. So everything he sees is he's literally looking at the world through rose colored glasses. Yes. Oh, no wonder he's a fucking dick weed. <laughs> All right. Mystique comes to the school. She's looking for help. Uh, but then we jump back to Storm taking Apocalypse to meet Caliban. Um, Caliban pulls a gun on him. Okay. Now this you remember this scene because this is where Apocalypse calls him my son and Caliban's like oh, you don't look like Caliban's father. Oh yeah, he has this really annoying fucking habit of calling everyone my son. Yeah. He doesn't do it to the women. No, well He doesn't say my daughter. Or my children, you know. No. Um So he's uh he's warm for the for the dudes. Yeah. Um yeah, and Caliban, he says, my son, and Caliban says, you do not look like Caliban's father. Yeah. Super funny. Um, but Apocalypse melts the gun into sand. He doesn't melt it. He transforms it into sand. I would like to think it's not sand. It's, he's, he is, he is changing it into minute particles of whatever it's made of. Because... Otherwise, the shit he does later doesn't make any motherfucking sense. Yeah. Because, you know, and I know, and everybody knows, that if you melt sand, what do you get, Jay? Glass. Yes. Not metal. That's important later. Yeah. Um, 
And then Psylocke shows up. Who? Why is her name Psylocke? Because I, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to break that word up and try to figure out what it is that her power is based on her name. Her, But I'm not getting it. Her sword is psionic. Which, what does psionic mean? Psionic is a nice fantasy science fiction word. P-S-Y-O-N-I-C. Psionic. Uh, that's a company. Psionic <laughs> <laughs> oh, being relating to or re- denoting the practical use of psychic powers or f- paranormal phenomena. So she's projecting from her brain yes. substance. Yes. That she, looks like more Star Wars weaponry. It is a combination of telekinesis and telekinetics so that she's like making a physical form with her mental powers. And, okay. And that sort of Where's the, the lock coming from? She's got that shit on lock, yo. Oh my God. I don't know. I really don't know. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Yeah, the blade is like the psychic totality of her psychic might or some shit. She's got a phrase she says a lot. It's it's a thing. So Apocalypse gives Psylocke more power. She's going to end up becoming a horseman. This is... Fuck me. Let's go back to the mansion. Because some of the ex-kids decide that Robin Sparkles is right, and they need to go to the mall. Robin Sparkles? Yes. Because they decide it's 1983, and what do kids want to do in 1983? Let's go to the mall. Yeah. And with them, jubilation motherfucking league. Because why not? Yeah, I... I... And is it racist to assume she's jubilee because she's Asian and she's going to the mall? Kind of, um, but I looked it up anyway, and that is, like, the character's name is Jubilee. They don't say her name. No, they don't say half of these people's names. Well, here's the thing. It's not you being racist. It's them being racist because this is the only Asian character that I even know about. <laughs> so who else would it be? Um, yeah. But so, but it wasn't uh, – Jubilee was a student in the first X-Men movie? One of the early ones, yeah. I know that you pointed her out or they pointed her out or something. So we're again and yet another character that's out of place. Yeah. She sure as fuck isn't only like five or ten years behind um Patrick Stewart. No. She sure as fuck not forty three and contemporary with them. No. No, she was she was in class around the same time that they had Bobby Drake in class. Yeah. Um, Which also was driving you nuts. <laughs> He's um, one of the first X-Men. Yeah. I don't understand the lack of giving. You would think that someone who was making one of the X-Men movies would have been a fan, wouldn't you? I Yeah. You know what? When the X-Men come to the MCU, if they do this kind of shit, it's game over. Are they, are they even going to do that? They are going to bring the X-Men to the MCU, yes. How? Like, are they going to be hanging out with Iron Man? Well, Iron Man's no longer with us. Okay, you know yes. what I mean. 
Yes. For me, for me, Iron Man is with us because I haven't yeah. gotten there yet. Like Kamala uh, Khan or, or, or Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and uh, Hawkeye and all of the all of the Avengers uh-huh. are somehow going to hang going out with to all of the X Men. Yes. Well, it would make, but Hawkeye can't be a mutant. No, Hawkeye's not a mutant, but he can hang out with mutants. It would make sense, though, if they were mutants and they just... There's some talk. Like, people are trying to figure out how this is going to happen, and this is all conjecture. Some people are like, Thanos' snap and then the unsnap caused enough energy to start making mutations happen would make a little bit sense. Yeah. But then all of the mutants would have to be pretty young. Uh, yeah, and then the whole Professor X thing would yeah, be out you, the window. You don't get X and Magneto. Another option because they're starting to play with... Well, they're not getting X and Magneto either way. No, they're starting to play with all of the multiverse. Oh, that's a problem. So they're talking about just reaching into another universe where mutants already exist and then pulling them into ours. Okay, but Patrick Stewart is not... No. No, we will we will have to get I do not believe because I mean Fox owns these X-Men and Disney now owns Fox. So it is these characters belong to the same this is a Fox property. Disney now owns Fox. So theoretically Disney owns these characters, these actors, these scripts. However, I do not believe it would do anybody any justice. To try and use these characters, these actors, yeah, or their stories, well, as without, anything but with, another with, world. Without pulling Michael Fassbender and uh, I don't know why I can't ever remember that guy's name, the guy playing Professor X. Without pulling them out of the timeline from the past, yeah, they're not doing this well. No, 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 no. I, they can't get because if something happens to Patrick Stewart, they can't just replace him. If they're going to. Bring the X Men into this into the MCU, like they say. They we are going to have to get a third Xavier, a third Magneto. We're going to have to get. So I, we didn't have to. They no, pulled them out of the timeline. No, no, no. You need new actors. You need to start to scratch. You have to. It's the only way it's going to work. It's just pretend these Fox films uh, aren't real. Well, that's fucking hard to do. Because they're, I'm sorry, Patrick, but Patrick Stewart. Is Xavier? I got you. I'm, I'm with you. Well, and Ian McKellen. Yeah, great Magneto. That's the face. Yeah, not gonna happen. It just can't. Well, and if they, if and here's the other problem, they can't have Magneto because Magneto's not the same without without his, his origin story. story. Yeah. So okay. they're 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 gonna ruin it. Either way, they're gonna ruin it. You can't. Uh, you can't just erase what everybody already knows about the characters and you can't have Magneto be even remotely sympathetic if he doesn't have that background. Yeah. Because I mean, what are they, what are they going to do? What other event were they going to be like, Oh, uh, his dad died during nine 11. Yeah. That's, I mean, then that completely changes the entire feel of everything. I don't know. I don't know. Unless you pull them out of an alternate universe. Well, they're already in an alternate universe. Yes. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Apocalypse gives Angel Metal Wings. That happened. Nobody fucking cares. Um, 
Well, I care a little bit because in in the future when he's younger, <laughs> he cuts his own wings off, and it was like really powerful and upsetting scene to watch. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this and it, is, it was it it was poignant. It was I don't want to be this because because the whole point was some of the mutants can hide and it's fine for them, and yeah. some of them can't, and the ones that can't were the ones that were standing up and fighting because they can't pass. Yeah. Which is a pretty important theme that um, calls back to um, African-American folks who could pass and some who couldn't pass. And that bifurcation yeah. in their culture and how some people now think they're white and aren't. And, and you know, like it's that just just from that one little scene there with him. This movie has none of that. Uh, it does harken to the the uh, the source material. Uh, the Morlocks cut off Angel's wings. Uh, he uh, becomes a, a, a horseman of apocalypse. He gets them. But without his wings, what other powers does he have? Without he, his no. wings, is he even anything? No. He does have uh, his bones are like earth density. Yeah. Uh, then how does he make blood? Interestingly enough. His blood can cure people for a while. Doesn't matter. Anyway. That's weird. Apocalypse gives him the metal wings. He changes his name to Archangel. He's a bad guy for a while. They defeat Apocalypse. He's a good guy. You mean Arch- Archangel, yeah. Okay. Um, and then after a while, like his wings regrow and he sheds the metal wings and he goes back to using Angel. Uh well that's dumb. And his skin stops being blue. Blue? Yeah. During I have the, yet to see him be blue. During the process of becoming Archangel. The, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay. Yeah. Could, could they, like, check out some different ink colors? <laughs> uh, like, but, orange? Can somebody be orange? The thing is kind of orange. He's yellowy orange. <sighs> okay, continue to yell. Uh, I quit taking notes. Hank um, is preparing for war, uh, but Xavier wants students, not soldiers, so that's not going so well. Yeah, because if you want soldiers, you got to go to Magneto. But there is a mention of uh, the air uh, aircraft hangar that opens up over the basket underneath. Yeah, the basketball why did court. they bother? Comic book readers. It happens a lot in the comics. Well. Yeah, but we all know that because we watched the other movies. Yeah. They didn't need to, uh, like, we fucking know it was a big part of the other movie. Um, Magneto's still on his vengeance kick, so he goes back to the factory because uh, he's going to uh, explain to these motherfuckers that snitches get stitches. I just wonder, was he going to kill all of them? Oh, yes, absolutely. do you think he was just going to figure out who told and then kill that one? No, no, no. He was going to kill them all. He told them, I want you all to think of the person you love the most because that person is about to know what it feels like to lose someone. Uh-huh. He was going to kill them all. In the comics, when they killed his wife and daughter, he raised the fucking town. Like, he scorched earthed the entire town. Can you blame him? Nope. I mean... Because... He learned for the third time, at least. In the comic book, did he save someone's life, and is that what fucked him? I don't remember, but it because sounds I think right. I think it's a pretty yeah. big deal that um, he was trying to be good. Yeah. 
and um, being a good person fucked him over. Reflexively saved someone's life. Yeah. He, he could have well, let he didn't that have time to think about it. Yeah. Just instinctively protected someone, and it cost him his family. Yeah. Um, I, I, that to me, that is another thing that they should keep in that, that whole situation because, um, yeah. it informs the reality of, of him. Yes. Not what you're seeing, not his reactions. Um, it's, it's his, before he has a chance to think about it, um, that that's who he is. Yeah. Um, he's it, not a bad guy. No, he's not. He's just, Dude, I'm on his team. Yeah. Um, all the way until he starts like unnecessarily killing people. But before he can kill them all, Apocalypse and, and the gang show up. Um uh, this was this was funny because he's like, Don't be trying to stop me. And the look on Apocalypse's face was like, uh why would we? Yeah, they're just worthless humans. Let me melt them all. Yeah, you gotta quit saying melt. He's converting them. After Apocalypse kills all the people in the factory, he then takes Magneto to Auschwitz because he's like, this is where you were born. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Magneto didn't go to Auschwitz. Also, they destroyed Auschwitz? Oh, yeah. He fucking wrecked it. Okay, but um, you... You can't do that in a movie. You can't take a thing that is, it's a monument. It, <laughs> it's like, like, well, now you're just hollering, I'm a movie and this isn't real because you know damn well she's still standing there. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it was weird and it bothered me. And as far as we know in the movies, he didn't go to Auschwitz. They knew that he was special immediately. Yeah. And they took him for experiments immediately. Yeah, but this pain and anger triggers Magneto, and now he's more powerful than he Why? But why would it? If you had gone to Auschwitz, and your parents had died in Auschwitz, destroying Auschwitz would, it seems like it would be cathartic. Yeah, uh, Quicksilver, because we still need to introduce more characters to this movie. Well, we they've already introduced Quicksilver, didn't they? Yeah, but not in this movie, is what I'm saying. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, um, didn't we already see him? No, we're just now getting there. This oh, is going to be a long ass God podcast. damn. Okay, we need to skip some stuff. <laughs> uh, Quicksilver's watching the news uh, and hears about Magneto uh, turning up. Uh, and mom is like, you're going to go after him? And he's like, yeah. And yeah, you're going to go after your dad? Yeah. Did they say that in the other movie? Because I don't remember that. They hinted at it. Yeah, we talked about that. Okay. And he's like, should I be afraid of him? And mom says, yeah, you kind of should. No, not if you're not wearing anything metal. No. <laughs> All this said. Uh-huh. Little question. Hmm. Where's his twin sister? That's what I wanted to know. I guess um, in this reality, he didn't have a twist. What's his What's his sister's name? Wanda. Um, so he's supposed to be the same guy. He's supposed to be Wanda's brother. Yes. Wanda from WandaVision. Yes. 
Wanda from the MCU. Yeah. Quinn? Yeah. Well, I know we talked about where the fuck was she in the first movie. Um, but Wanda and her brother Pietro uh-huh. didn't grow up with their mom. Uh-uh. And um, are significantly younger than 80-year-old Professor X. And these guys are like 20 years only younger. Mm-hmm. But they were little kids. Mm-hmm. Little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name's not Pietro. No, it's Peter. They're calling him Peter. Yeah. Which is funny because it's Evan Peters playing him, which is why I was getting confused about his name. Um, how does this work? It doesn't. They're not the same universe. Um, and I guess they wanted a Quicksilver for the bullet time coolness, but they didn't need a Scarlet Witch for her hex powers. Well, because the Scarlet Witch um, is more badass than sure. all of these people. Wait a minute, though. Yeah? I'm confused. Something's wrong. Oh, yeah. Lots of things. Hold on. Wrong. No, 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 no. Isn't Scarlet Witch in the movies with, um... Scarlet Witch is an Avenger, yes. She's in the MCU. Uh, um... Yeah. And she had a brother, Pietro, in the MCU. So there are two versions of Quicksilver. Why? But the, why do they have... Well, we haven't seen Quicksilver in the MCU. Yeah, we did. When, um... Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, in Ultron. He, he died saving a little kid. Okay, so... And Hawkeye. But, so we already have um, the two universes being connected, and they're acting like... They're not connected, no. They motherfucking are. If one her twin brother's in this universe and she's in the other one, Jeremiah... Yeah, but they're not connected. These are different universes. No, no, no. You don't understand. Okay. One twin is in one universe, and the other twin, which means they were in the same womb at the exact same time, is in another universe, which is a stronger connection between universes than some of the fucking movies that you've talked about their connections to the MCU. So, so, what's even greater is when these movies attach the universes. What's even greater is when they use this actor to play Quicksilver. In the MCU during WandaVision. That's not the right guy. Yes. That's not the same yes. guy. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. fucking Lutland. MDB. Yes. WandaVision. They make jokes about they're using the wrong actor. And. What the fuck? I know, it's awesome. That is Evan Peters. Yes. And also, um, um, I don't think I realized that she was in this. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, she is. Yeah, we'll Chick there. from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in this. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. <laughs> no, 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 no. What's the other, what's the name of the other movie that had Quicksilver? Age of Ultron. Age of what actor? No, 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 no. That was the same actor. What's the name? No, in Age of Ultron was a different Quicksilver. 
That was the MCU Quicksilver. Um, who is it? James Spader. Oh, that was the guy who Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um. Okay. So fuck all of these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, in this movie, they there was a brief scene where they had gone to the movies. Uh, and they were all like, ah, and the third movie always sucks. Yeah, it sure motherfucking does. <laughs> um, Mystique tells Xavier that they still hate and fear if so they're just more polite about it. They, they, what? Remember that? You're mumbling. Mystique tells Xavier that the humans still hate and fear if so they're just more polite about it, which I thought was a good line. Um, when are we ever polite about hate? Though. Oh. That's not that's not how humans roll. Uh, Magneto feels Charles playing around his mind, and they have a chat, which is great. He tells Charles that he tried it Charles's way, and uh, humans need to die. Uh, and this is where Apocalypse hijacks Cerebro and decides that with Xavier's power, he can truly be everywhere all at once in everybody's head. Yeah, that was... Um First of all, Cerebro needs to be destroyed. He has absolutely no right to utilize Cerebro. Yeah. Like, this is, is reaching into people's minds uh, without consent. Um, and, and, and it should not ever be in the hands of someone like this motherfucker who would use it for ill. This is a thing I don't understand, though, because, like, Apocalypse, what, like, Jumped on the psychic link between Xavier and Magneto. And how did he do that if he wasn't already psychic? Yeah, to hijack Xavier's brain and then use that through... This makes no fucking sense. No, because if he had psychic powers, he wouldn't need more psychic powers. Yeah. Whatever. No, I, I... But he launches all the world's nukes into space... Because no more nukes. He wants the entire world to be turned to glass, but we can't do it with nukes. So it's a fucking stupid bullshit. Well, because mutants aren't immune to nuclear weapons. Yeah. Hank destroys Cerebro, and we get ready for uh, the, the Apocalypse and the Horsemen show up at the house. Um, yeah, you keep calling them Horsemen, but... I don't feel like that's an appropriate thing to call them because they're not cool. They're not on horses. And, um. Oh, they get cool horses in the cartoon and the comic. Yes, but this is the movie. I don't give a shit about the cartoon or the comic books or any of that. This is a completely new iteration of everything, obviously. Yeah, but I don't want to say all their names every time. So they're just going to be the horses. Say the minions. Charlie's a horseman. Because I don't know what you're talking about every time you say it. They're the horsemen of apocalypse. Like, it's biblical, bro. Yeah, I don't I don't fall in with all that biblical bullshit. Anyway, they show up and kidnap Xavier. Uh, Habit causes an explosion. And Quicksilver just happens to be nearby. So he, like, saves everyone. And this was a cool bullet time scene. No, it, it wasn't. Because... First of all, he's was not fun. that fast. Second of all, he was fucking off way too much. Yeah. Um, because he didn't have time. 
And he saved everybody except for the one person who was closest to the blast and he didn't even realize was there, was already taken out by the time he stopped everything. Or he didn't stop everything. He was just running around. Mm. He's not actually stopping time. Um, and then that one person was dead and nobody cared. Yeah, no, they were upset that Havoc was dead. Not really. Yeah, Scott was upset. They, no, they mention it like one time and then they go on. Well, they had a lot of fucking stuff to pack into this movie, man. They didn't have time for a funeral. Well, they didn't have time for emotions either. Um, like, I forgot that the dude even died. Like, it, it wasn't dwelled upon at all. They totally destroyed the mansion, which has happened several times in the comics, so I was, I was cool with that. Yeah, well, except for the fact that in the other movie, he's like, oh, my family has owned this house. And actually, dude, apparently, no, they haven't. <laughs> They've owned that dirt, not that house. It uh, bothers me because, like... There's no way that those two with their mental powers, this is so ignorant. So with their mental powers, they built a whole house. And somehow later in the first movies, uh, the house has aged a hundred years and they've done all the exact same craftsmanship and, and all of that stuff. I'm sorry, but if he's got that much money to buy the materials to build that house, he could just spend a couple of bucks more and have somebody else build it. They did that just for the special effects, yep. and it was stupid. Well, they don't have time to mourn the house or Alex because we need another villain to show up. Um, Colonel Stryker shows up in a helicopter and starts rounding up mutants because he needs to take them to Alkali Lake for Weapon X. Don't you mean Major Stryker? No, he's a colonel in this movie. Um, and how long do you think this motherfucker's been in the army? He has been in the army since Vietnam all the way up to 2000. And he's gone in that time. He's gone from captain to colonel. No, general. Mm -mm. Yeah, he was a general in the last movie, I think. I don't know. His rank is as wishy-washy as the rest of the timeline. Nobody's in the army that long. Or we'd still be in the army. Apparently, retention control points are a thing in this universe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be upset. Yeah. So Apocalypse uh, boosts Xavier's powers enough so that he can talk to the entire world. At the same time, he like gives a secret message to Jean Grey. How is that even? It's not possible for to listen to somebody yeah. and relay that message and then send another message. This is just not believable. Um, so we get some in Alkali Lake scenes where the guys are trying to save each other. I mean, you're assuming that's where they are. They don't actually tell us. No, it's the same place as the, the later movies. You keep telling me that. Yeah. But I shouldn't be watching a movie and having to rely on you to know where, we at, where we're at and um, what we're doing. And in there stumbling around looking for the point to turn off the power, they find a man in a box. And it just so happens it's it's Wolverine. This is where I quit writing notes. Because this is where I'm fucking done. And so they let Wolverine out, and he kills a lot of shit. And then later, like, Gene touches him and gives him a piece of himself back. And he takes Which off Which is the, bullshit. The suit goes off into the it's wilderness. bullshit. Yeah, no, it's all bullshit. This, 
Because if, because at what point in Wolverine's timeline is this supposed to be? Um, and why would she be surprised to meet him for the very first time ever later on yeah. if she's already met him? This and he already has metal bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And um, she gave him back a piece of himself, except later he didn't got no pieces of himself. And we already know that once he gets his metal bones, that he doesn't get grabbed by the fucking army again. Once he has his metal. Once the adamantium is implanted in him, as according to the canon of the fucking movies, of which I have seen... He doesn't get captured by the Canadian army or the American army again. Yeah, fair enough. So what in the fuck is this bullshit? A new timeline. Where they've already met Wolverine because he was in time with them. Yeah. Helping them with the the fucking, the the scientist dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he helped save um, Trask. Yeah. So we're supposed to believe But, 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 Jean Grey wasn't in that movie. Cyclops wasn't in that movie. So the people that encountered him didn't actually remember him from that movie. Yeah, but that means that they have shoved his timeline into the period between 1983 and 1970-something. You cannot have an X-Men movie without Wolverine. It's literally it's impossible. You can't. We almost did. Were you missing Wolverine? Because I wasn't. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, we're in the past, so there shouldn't be any Wolverine. Because there's no way that Wolverine got captured by the army again after the uh, the mind him. rape he pulled on himself. You know, Stryker pulled him out of the bottom of the river. And brought him to Alkali Lake at the end of that movie. That's where the bonding happened. Now, that said, we know from previous vision, from previous screen time, that as soon as the bonding process happened, Wolverine escapes and kills Bonnefly. Yeah, and that's... That should be the end of it. And, and, and we have a timeline already for when that happened, yeah. which is not in 1973. Yeah. And honestly, like... The only reason for Stryker to show up, grab these mutants, and take them to Alkali Lake is so that we can get a Wolverine scene. Like, that is the only reason. And so that they can get their cool suits and a, and a jet. They have the jet. Well, this is a different jet. No, no, no. At the house. Yeah, but that got blown up. Then why'd they show us that? Why did they waste our time with a plane and... A fucking uh, roof door in the gym oh, that is about to be torn out. They didn't need to be mentioned. So that Mystique and Beast could have a conversation about soldiers and students. And he could get jealous of Magneto. We didn't need any of that. It What jealousy of Magneto? Oh, he's super jealous of Mystique and Magneto's relationship. Okay, but I didn't get that from that scene. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, uh, well, then you won't pay attention. Oh, that might be because this was a piece of crap movie. Yeah, so the world's about to come to an end. Apocalypse is melting Cairo and turning it into a pyramid. Um, but the X-Men stop for a costume change. I mean, of course, because we don't stop for food or bathroom breaks. But, man, we got to put those uh, fucking slinky silicone suits on. It makes the fight scene so much cooler later. 
No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, it wasn't even noticing. On the flight there, Mystique tells uh, the new X-Men team about the first class um, trying to rally them. And I tell you, she is she is somebody I'd follow into battle because she is so motivating. Um, Magneto pulls a shipwreck off the ocean floor because he's like affecting all of the magnetic forces all over the world and he's going to destroy the world that way. He's going to put us back into the Stone Age because that's how Apocalypse is going to find his strongest people. Uh, team fight. This is like the lamest fucking team fight. Uh, like honestly, this final fight scene was garbage. Especially the part where everybody's fighting and dying, but the shapeshifter and the speed guy are like trying to talk Magneto into stopping. But they don't like say, hey, bro, you're my dad, so please don't kill me. Yep. Or, hey, bro, I kind of love you. Please don't kill the world. Oh, and also the part where Storm is cowering in a fucking building. Uh, and watching the whole fight go down, and when her literal hero is in danger, she doesn't do anything. No. Her literal hero, she has the picture of her on the wall and doesn't do anything to help her, even though she could do all of her powers from where she is, yeah. hidden, and yeah. nobody would know where she was, and she'd be safe. Yeah, but she's working for Apocalypse at that moment. Yes, but did you see the look on her face? Yeah, she didn't want to. She didn't want to. She didn't like that he was hurting her. Uh, and she should have saved her. But she didn't lift a finger. No. Or a tornado. Or a star cloud. No. Or a really strong sun. Not that that would bother Apocalypse, because he's from the desert. Uh, allegedly. I did enjoy the the moment we got where Quicksilver went bullet time and started punching the shit out of Apocalypse. That was that was funny. That was very uh, Deadpool esque. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It didn't we, do any if, good. If we got no, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, if we got Deadpool and Quicksilver in the same movie, we would not be able to finish it. We <laughs> we would be peeing our pants. Um, and, I mean, because he has the same kind of personality, and that would just be hysterical. Because think of all the crap that Daredevil would do if, like, he was riding Quicksilver's back <laughs> and going as fast as as he could. Um, that would be amazing. Um, Xavier gets inside Apocalypse's head, and they have like a, a mental fist fight, which is. I wasn't paying attention to this part. Lame. Apocalypse starts kicking his ass inside his brain while he's kicking ass outside. This, this made no sense to me at all whatsoever. This dude is... I mean, battles on the psychic plane happen in the comic books all the time. But you, so. can't, but you can't be battling mentally that way in, in like a physical manifestation of your mental... There's no way to show that in a movie, so you have to do it that way. Yeah. But they should have left it alone. Yeah, doing that while I mean, this is just showing how powerful Apocalypse is. I, but I don't, I don't care. You yeah, either have a physical fight. No, you either have a physical fight or you have the in the head mental fight, which manifests itself as a physical fight. You can't have two physical fights at the same fucking time and expect me to be able to keep track of what's going on where. 
And then, like, for no real explainable reason, Magnino has a change of heart and tries to stop Apocalypse. And then, uh, like, he's throwing metal at him and Apocalypse holding it off. And Scott's blasting him with his, like, full force optic blast and he's holding it off. And Beast thinks he's going to, like, jump on him. Like, full force optic blast, all of Magneto's might, mental fight with fucking Xavier, but Beast is going to, like, put him in a chokehold? I don't know. I don't don't know what Beast thought he was going to do. Beast should have just fucking, like, gotten a sandwich or something. Yeah, well, even more bullshit, though. Even more bullshit is that the thing that finally takes this unbeatable motherfucker down is Jean Grey getting upset. Oh, wait. Before Jean gets upset, Storm starts just switches sides and starts throwing lightning at him. But yes, then Jean. Please, how Jean wins this fight? Um... Okay, so I know nothing about the Phoenix thing. Yeah, sure. I don't. All I know is this is an origin story of a Phoenix thing, but then that other movie is the origin story of the Phoenix thing. So I don't. I'm confused. Fox gives us three origin stories for Phoenix, but go ahead. Three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Because okay. we got we got the her dying and coming back in when she's older. Was that supposed to be? Phoenix? Yes. Okay. They need to stop making movies assuming everyone's read the fucking comics because ain't nobody reading comics anymore, goddammit. Yeah. Um. Okay. So she gets. Oh, uh, fucking. Um, not Patrick Stewart says, hey, Gene, uh, unleash your power. Yeah. Now, I presume in this universe, he hasn't, like, stopped any of her powers like he was supposed to have repressed some of her shit when she was a kid because she was too strong yeah and couldn't control it but i don't know if that that can't be true i don't know i have no idea what the fuck is going on uh she gets mad and like yells flame on in her head okay and i don't i don't know what happened Eventually, like, Phoenix Force blasts it. <sighs> yes. What? No, no, no. I, I don't. What happened? She melted. She she baked him. She cooked him. I don't fucking know. She eradicated his existence with the Phoenix Force. But, but with, like, heat? Sure. Let's call it heat. I mean, Phoenixes are on fire, so let's call it. Let's, let's do but, that. But if he has healing factor... Apparently, the strength of the Phoenix Force is stronger than the healing factor he had. Um, he was already weakened because he tried to, like, Freaky Friday with Xavier and that got turned off. And maybe that helped. I, but um, but they have this whole movie where they, they spend literally the whole movie building up him being unbeatable. Mm-hmm. The whole movie. They're bouncing around all over the place so he can gather up people and do the thing. And then what finally beats him, it's worse than that uh, Indiana Jones fist fight bullcrap. You do all this, and Captain Kirk just punches the unbeatable alien, and then we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She just, why? 
she could have thought of this. Xavier, uh, the smartest guy in the whole world or whatever, could have thought of this before the house got busted up. Yeah. Or like... It's, something. I don't understand why, why, were why already the build-up for like a three-second deal. They were already over a two-hour run time and they had to figure out how to end the movie. They should have had to have like... Kind of like this podcast. We're already over a two-hour runtime. We're going to figure out how to end it. So, fuck it. Jeez the Phoenix. Okay, join us next week. <laughs> no. um, but, like, you know, like in Ghostbusters, where, oh, this ghost is, like, so powerful, we can't take her down. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we have to do the thing we said we couldn't do. Uh-huh. Um, and then everybody crosses their streams. And that's what takes them out. Like, it should have been some sort of, like, we need everybody to come together. Like a, you know, like a Scooby-Doo plan. Every, they should, these people are not a team. They are a bunch of individuals rushing at a problem all at the same time. Mm -hmm. There should have been a plan. There should have been, everybody had a part to play. There should have been like a trap or, a, you know, a way to reduce his powers or, you know, something like that. They could have spent the whole movie them trying to figure out how he worked so they could take him down. Yeah. But this was not a movie about well, fuck, many. you brought Wolverine in the movie. How about he shows up and like stabs the dude in the fucking head? Well, because he's got healing power, so that wouldn't help. Adamantium cancels it out. I don't know. Who cares? Well, if you take his head off, he can't heal. Theoretically. I mean, no, really. In every supernatural creature. Yeah. Decapitation. If you if you take off their head and then remove the head from the situation. Yeah. Then there's no more thing. Maybe you have a live head yelling at you out of a box. But who's scared of that? But then you get the Hulk to throw it to the sun. It's okay. Well, yeah, and then at least you can't hear it yelling. <laughs> ah, fuck me. Okay, so Charles uh, wakes up and gives Myra her memories back. That's great. We're in the movie room. Really the back. problem with these X-Men movies is there's way too much anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, we get the scene where Gene no. and Magneto are rebuilding the school with their stupid, their telekinesis and their magnetic powers. Because because it requires no knowledge or skill to build a house. No, nope, none at all. Just the ability to pick things up and put them back where they came from. It, that's insulting as fuck. Like my grandpa is rolling in his grave at that bullshit. Xavier and Magneto have a fun discussion about their dis disparate philosophies. Yeah, it pisses me off that these guys are like enemies and then best friends. Enemies and then best friends. They and, need to quit it. And then the most famous X team of all, like of all of the iterations of the X-Men, the most famous one of all, Mystique leads a training session in the danger room with the new X-Men. You know, Mystique and Cyclops and Jean Grey. And Beast. Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler, yes. Because another 30 years in the future, when it's 2016 or whatever, 
and they're at the school forming the fucking X-Men for the first time. And Mystique is one of the bad guys who can't even talk to humans. She doesn't talk during that whole fucking movie. She's such a non-entity. Yeah. Um, and Nightcrawler in the other movie where we've never seen him before and nobody knows him. Um, and Angel? Oh, yeah, I forgot Angel was with them. Yeah. So, excuse Uh, me, what the fuck is this? Yeah, so that's the end of that movie. We do get an after-credits scene. Fuck that after-credits scene. Where they go to Alkali Lake, and they're doing cleanup of all the bodies that Wolverine dropped. Uh, And some dudes in a suit take Wolverine's blood and put it in a suitcase uh, marked Essex Corporation. And this is a call to Nathaniel Alexis, who is Essex, who is Mr. Sinister, who is a geneticist. Uh, he's been around since the Victorian era. Also bald. No, he he's actually looks like a vampire with a red diamond in his forehead. Um, okay. Well, oh, okay. Sure. He is responsible for giving us uh, Nathaniel Day Spring Summers, okay. aka Cable. I literally don't care. It's a lot. It goes absolutely nowhere. It, this scene in the movies goes nowhere. None of, we never. Yeah, that's that's done. I don't know what their point was. There are some ties, some hints to this corporation in Logan, but they're very underdeveloped and it won't matter. Well, because the next X Men movies that we get are all about. Wolverine, right? We get... Like, they abandon all the other X-Men and we get Wolverine stuff. We get Logan, Mm -hmm. which is set in the far future. Yeah. And we get... And we'll get uh, Dark Phoenix, which will be some of these characters again. And that'll be it. Isn't there another Wolverine movie after Logan? No. Are you sure? Yeah. So, we, so we've got two more Fox movies coming. But that Logan movie, oh, excuse me, that Logan movie is like just about Wolverine and Patrick Stewart's in it. And, and then, X-23. And then some little girl. Yeah. X-23 is theoretically uh, the result of Nathaniel Essex and the Essex Corp working with Wolverine's blood trying to clone him. So, like, she is the result of this blood getting stolen, theoretically, but it never gets set out right. Yeah, well, they definitely don't tell us that in the movies. No. At least I don't think so. And that's not really how it is in the comics either, but close enough. So this is basically, besides Phoenix, this is basically it for the X-Men stuff. Yes. And they didn't even do a good job. Not, not so much. No, no. I would not call this a, a good job. But you have the good job of telling me what the best job they did in this movie was. I really like the rocks going down into the pyramid and trashing everything. Okay. The uh, the graphics, the visual, the the visual of. Uh, I mean, they did really a good job of making that space look huge. Like when that rock comes out of the tunnel 
and it's flying through the air and hits that huge column and everything starts falling down. Yeah. I mean, it, it did have uh, that was cool. So best part of the movie done by the opening credits. Turn the movie off then and go. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, the cold open. Sure. The cold open was it was the best part. Well, not even all of the cold open, like <laughs> the apocalypse falling for fucking eighteen. Oh man, yeah, no, no, I forgot about that. That was stupid. <laughs> I this might have been a fine movie if they had given a flying fuck about their own canon. And that is for me the worst part of this movie. Obviously, is uh, what we have. The complete and utter disrespect of everything they've already done. Not even of their fans. Like everything they've already well, done. Well, and the, I mean, this isn't the same guy that did the other movies. He did, there's a complete and total disrespect of somebody else's work also. Yeah, it's just shit. This is, this is he. These, these, this director, the writer, they were not Marvel fans. They could not have been. They, they took, the names of things and a loose understanding of the powers. You know what they did is they found the X-Men trading cards. Oh my God. And then did crazy eights with them. And then threw them up in the air and caught a handful of them and read the powers that were on the back of the cards. And then they threw the cards away and then they went to Maui for two months and then they came back and they wrote a script based on From what memory. they remembered. Yeah. That feels accurate, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because the few details that I actually know, they got wrong. Which, I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. It's like they went out of their way to try to make it harder for me to be a fan. They showed the movies to an elementary class mm. and then had yeah. those kids tell them what had happened so that they could base the next movie on it. Absolutely. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That is now canon. Thank you, Miss Kincaid's third grade class. Oh, my God. Listen. Okay. Yeah. Let's put it on the list. How Marvel list wasn't this. Baby, I seriously, I don't know. Uh, you need to throw out a space. <laughs> I'll let me find, like, you think about it and then I'll think about it. Because, okay, so watchability was poop. And also, because... I, I'm, like, I'm looking in the... Um, Blade, Blade Trinity area. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not far off. Okay, it's still better than Blade because it, it was at least a story. Blade was a story. It just wasn't a good story. You, you know what? Blade and Blade Trinity stuck to their own timeline. Ish. They, they knew like Blade Trinity. Is knew this, what Blade did. Is this better or worse than 2002 Hulk? You cannot put this below Howard the Duck. That's where I draw the line. 
I, the below Hulk 2002 is the lowest I'm I'm allowing you to put it. I wanna I on I honestly want to put it between Blade and Daredevil. Maybe between Blade and Blade Trinity. Like, okay, let's be real. It's definitely worse than the Wolverine Origins movie, and yeah. that was bad. But I would rather watch that. You liked the Fantastic Four reboot. You thought that those were good origin stories. This was not a good story for fucking anything. Yeah. So it's definitely down there in the Blade Trinity. Blade 2015 was the remake? Yes. I was getting that confused because I like that one so much better than the other one. Well, I'm just... I feel like watchability, if I don't know anything about... The X-Men watchability, it's above Blade Trinity, but with the travesty of them just murdering the whole timeline, I would put it more around Rise of the Silver Surf. So below Daredevil? Um, yeah, because Daredevil was... It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay, I don't give a fuck. Fuck this movie. I really didn't like Rise of the Silver Surfer. Um, I just feel like them raping the timeline is is uh, unforgivable. It's it, hot trash, no matter how you cut it. I mean, the graphics were good, right? But if all we cared about were graphics, then a lot of these movies would be on different spots on the list. Um, it, it's just it's just the not caring about canon that puts it at thirty five and forty one, and I don't feel bad about that placement at all. Yeah, I don't. This would have been if he hadn't been killed so easily. If if they had made his powers make sense, Apocalypse would have been a good bad guy. Consistent with any other interpretation this, of him ever. This is a pretty bad bad guy, though. Like it's exactly the same as um, uh, 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 Rise of Ultron. Theoretically, well, I mean, I mean, really, think about yeah. it. It's it's the exact same thing. I see humanity as it is right now for the first time. I don't like it. Let's kill everything. No, 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 no. Killing off humanity, killing off the weak of humanity. Well, no, he would have killed all them. humans. S- killing off anything not weak enough to survive and subjugating them is not a result of seeing how humanity is now. Oh, well, that fair. has been his theme since the beginning of his existence. Not that I know that because they kind of tell you that. No, 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 no. no. They kind of told you that because you already have that knowledge in your head. So you you saw hints and then knew. I didn't get that. And the best part, the strongest part of the X-Men is their allegory for insert your your subjugated group. Not one single bit of that, except I take that back. The only thing, only part of that we got was when he, when Magneto lost his fucking family because yeah. of some hatred. Beyond that, 
None of those moral lessons were in no, this movie. We didn't even get soldiers shooting indiscriminately at the bad guy this time. Nothing. <laughs> no. No moral value whatsoever. And the good guys, like Xavier, are fucking treating humans like fodder. Fuck it all. This movie, garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Okay. Well, um, what are we watching next week? Next week, we go back to Hell's Kitchen. Oh, fucking shit. I hate Hell's Kitchen. I... In in what way do we go back to Hell's Kitchen? Luke Cage season one? No! It's so much worse than I was expecting it to be. I've already seen all of Luke Cage's story in... That um, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones season. Yeah. Thirteen episodes. Fuck me. Luke Cage season one. It's gonna be an adventure. No, it's not. We've already been on that. This this will be like going on an adventure and then coming home for five years and then going, hey, let's go back to uh, fucking Gatlinburg and do that again. Yeah. And then the second time, it, it just ain't so hot. Yeah, so with that really endorsement, uh, give it a watch, and we'll see you next week. For Marvel Movie Night.